What is phase two? New day is done. The day of the Power Cosmic Podcast. Gathered from around the galaxy comes the world's greatest comic book fans all in one terrific podcast. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. With your host with the most, the man who puts on Terrific Con, the world's greatest Comic Con every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mitch Halleck. Joining Mitch each week will be an assembly of his terrific super friends. Join them as they talk about comic books, movies, and more. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. Power Cosmic Podcast. Anyway, put it here. I think it was too far away. You can hear Jerry eat on the Power Cosmic Podcast. Crunch, crunch, crunch. So, we... What do you think about this Michael Keaton coming back as Batman? Cool idea. Not just the Flashpoint. Well, that, no, they were going to do that. From what I heard, is it's the Flash movie is going to have him in there. But this other story I read is they're going to make him like Nick Fury, where he appears in all the other DC movies and str- tries to string them all together. Like, I don't know. I'm just guessing that Michael Keaton Batman is like going through the multiverse or something. Well, isn't that just wasn't it a story? That was part of... I don't know if that was part of Flashpoint, but it was definitely part of a Grant Morrison story. you remember that? Which one? It was before Flashpoint. It led into Identity Final Crisis. Crisis. Yeah. Final Crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Batman was trapped in time or something. As good as always, Sarah. I mean, who knows? They, they have plenty of storylines to play with. I think everyone's going crazy with this. This is a little hint of a rumor. That Michael Key was talking about coming back, and suddenly all these theories popped out overnight. He's going to be doing this. He's going to be doing it that. It could also be a fake out. It could words, totally could be, be a fake he out. He could be in Flashpoint, and he could get killed. Oh, I heard somebody. They're oh, not Kevin, going to say, "Oh, it's only one." Kevin time. Smith was talking. They go, "Maybe it was Mark Guggenheim because Mark Guggenheim wanted him for the crisis," and they were like, "No way, are we spending the money on Keaton? You could have Robert Wool instead." And I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not how it happened!" And I'm screaming. It was Lord Wayne me. We're the ones that called Robert Wall and Wall was like, hey, I got a job. I got a job. Okay. I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't want more too much information out either because it, it will ruin the movie. If it's a kind of spoilerish thing, I'd rather not know until I see it. Don't you think? Which will be 2022. Right, right. If we survive. If we... <laughs> yeah, on the upbeat. Hey, everybody, it's Optimistic Gordway here. Well, if we survive, we'll be able to go to the movie. Us. Oh, the pizza, yeah. Last week it was Denny O'Neill passed away. And you worked with Denny on the... Speaking of Batman, speaking of Michael Keaton, you worked on the adaptation. Was that the first time you ever met Denny O'Neill? No. Denny shared an office with Mike Carlin when Denny had just come back from Marvel. And Mike Carlin to come from Marvel, and they didn't have they had limited office space, so they both shared an office. That would have been like in eighty seven, eighty eight. Was it that late? I think, I think Mike came. To I thought DC it was earlier, late eighty seven. Yeah, but Frank Miller came over when Denny came over. No, Denny so. was uh, maybe a little earlier than that, but there was limited space in that. You know, that was when they were in six 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 Fifth Avenue. Not the Mark of the Devil. 
Yeah. And we used to always joke about it. We even used 666 in one of our storylines as the headquarters for News Time yeah. because it was Satanus was the... Uh... <laughs> no, if people don't know, in New York City, on the side of the building were these big red neon numbers that said 666. Right. When I was a kid, I saw that. I was like, is that, that's where DC was? Yeah. Wow. Don't want to put that together, that you guys were the building of the, de- the beast? Well, we, I mean, every time I saw it, I thought, holy crap, it's 666. Yeah. It was on their address. I mean, on their letterhead and everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Denny and Mike shared an office. And this is the, here's your fun story. John Beatty and I, at, John Beatty was in Florida. I was right. in Connecticut. Well, he and I would get on the phone late at night because we were both working on deadlines after 10 yeah. o'clock or whatever and he got the ability I guess that was when the phone company started offering like conference calling yeah so John and I would conference call and we can even loop in like once in a while we'd loop, we'd loop in his sister Jane yeah so three a three call three person three call. way no, Wardway like, was doing a three, three way okay gross man <laughs> and we would call Mike's answering machine and we would do our version of a radio show, and we would fill up the tape because mm-hmm. it was ten o'clock at oh, night. Oh, you fill up Carlin's tape, yeah. right? And we would do. I'm sure he loved that, right? And one of the things that we would—I mean, again—it was done affectionately, but Denny was not a hands-on type of guy as yeah. an editor. He was very much laid back, which is good if you're working for him. But it was bad if you depended on him for scheduling stuff because okay. he wasn't like on top of deadlines. He was a good creative guy because he set you. Up, he would set his writers in a direction, and he probably reined them in. But there was never much emphasis Control. on deadlines. So whoever who was his assistant editor, that guy had to crack the whip and make sure that people turned in pages. So, anyways, we used to joke that Denny was in his office sleeping because <laughs> it was, and it, that's not something we know of. But it was just that he was so quiet, and it was so you know, he was such a non-presence in that way. You didn't even know he was there. So, John and I, at one point, we started singing The Lion Sleeps Tonight, but it was, you know, with Denny, and apparently Carlin came in the next morning, starts playing it, and Denny's sitting there, and suddenly, the, we need Denny sleeps, <laughs> and he said, God, please don't do this again, this is just uncomfortable, so we stopped doing it, but for a while there, we were filling his message. <laughs> Answering machine with like a forty-minute radio show. Hey, what do you got today? Well, I'll tell you. Did Denny O'Neill ever say what the hell's wrong with you guys? No, because Denny didn't hear it. Mike kept it away oh, from well. him. Okay, now I can breathe. What's up, guys? I don't know. How's everything going in post-COVID? Are we post-COVID? No, we're not post-COVID. We're, we're in COVID. We're still, yep, in the midst. When do you think the world will come back to the old abnormal? It's going to be years. Years? I think at least a year and a half. Definitely. Year and a half, yeah. Like, especially if there's like these waves or if it's. That's what they say. Yeah, Yeah. until there's a a vaccination or there's, you know, a cure or, you know, like a way to treat it. I know, I know, I know. And like, I was thinking and talking to a few people about this. We're going to start adopting wearing the masks all the time. I would think so. You know what? I don't get this thing about why people don't want to do it. I was at the Home Depot in uh, Trumbull. And everyone's got the mask on, and this hot chick walked in. I mean, she was gorgeous. It was like model stuff, no mask on. And I'm thinking, does she think good looks is the thing that repels COVID? Right. So no one said anything to her. 
she's shocked, and we're all looking at her. She's no looking at us. I don't think because they don't want to cause a problem. She checked out left. I go to Walgreens yesterday, Newtown. Same thing. Hot chick comes walking in. I'm like, is there a rule that like if you're hot, you don't have to wear a mask? Like, oh, I'm so good looking. COVID wouldn't dare go near me. And then Sarah's probably like, screw you, idiot. I'm wearing a mask. What are you saying? I'm a dog. Be at least an eight. And as long as you're an eight and above, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay, there you go. Like it's what? on a scale. Bo Derek, good for life. She was a ten. But the rest of us, no. All the ugly people are going to die. Actually, you know, the pretty people are the ones that are probably going to die, though. It's pretty a, people don't die. They're right. They live forever. I was going to say, I was just going to say, it's a good thing all three of us are really pretty people. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll live forever. <laughs> No, so yeah. don't, hate, don't hate me because I'm well, well, here's the funny thing: is if they do come out with a vaccine, the biggest about thing about it is that you don't, without even if you're not going to a job yeah. or something, you Where lose you your sense of time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't so know what day like, it is. I wake right, up and go. It's almost like that. You feel like you're always in that day after daylight savings. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, wait, is it four o'clock? Is it three o'clock? Is it Thursday or Tuesday? No, right, it's Monday's day. No, no, no. That's the best one. Monday's day. No, no. I was talking to Franco, and he calls me. He goes, "It's today Wednesday." I go, "Bitch, please." I thought it was October. <laughs> don't worry about what day it is. I don't even know what month it is. Anymore. But I think that leads to the confusion. I do feel bad for my son since they're in college. It's like, you're missing all those. You're not going to get this back. Like, we're old farts. They're, it's okay. Yeah. 53 hey. is no different from, oh, you're done. I'm 62. I'm I know, like, but I'm just how saying. How many years do I have? I'm going to lose that whole year. Yeah, but it's like a skip year. Like, you're going to look back extra. at it and go, 2019, 2021. <laughs> what happened to that? We don't talk about 2020. It's like, <laughs> we're not going back there. It's, it's a year that never happened, right? And, like, where the heck did... Um, March to now, though. Oh, I don't like, know. Like, what happened? It, really, it, went, happened it went really. It went really fast. Holidays, yeah. like Memorial Day. I go, oh yeah, Memorial. Like Fourth of July is next weekend. That's next week, buddy. Fourth yeah. of July. It's like, what difference does it make? That blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, what? My friends were like, oh, we're gonna go to Cape Cod. We're gonna do this. I'm like, remember when it all started? Like, they were like, oh, we're gonna have to lock down for two weeks. I go, I think they knew back then it was gonna be like months. Well, yeah, they but were, they didn't right. never told anybody. They're like, because yeah. the people would have flipped out. Like, what do you mean months? July 4th weekend, Chicago Con 1980 is where I got my first official DC work. Woo! 40 years. Wow. So think about that. That's kind of frightening. <laughs> and I'm not going to get a watch for it. 40, you know what I mean? Wow, 40 <laughs> they won't even give me a watch man No, you'll get collection. that Shazam uh, collection that's coming out. No gold watch. Who watches the gold watchman? I don't even get a night watchman's job. <laughs> Anyway, back to Danny O'Neill's stories. What so was, I worked with the only, You worked with him on the Batman 89? Well, he also you worked was prior editor, to that. Danny edited the Batman the Earth Stealers when DC decided... Batman, you mean Superman. Superman the Earth Stealers. When DC decided that since they paid Byrne for the film treatment for Superman 4, they were like, okay, we paid him bucks for this. We'll, you know, asked John if he would adapt it um, for a comic. Yeah. They had Kurt Swan start drawing it. Yep. And then they said, you know, Denny asked me if I wanted to ink it. And I had conditions that I wanted to do. I said, if it's going to be a prestige thing, yeah. If it's going to be like a regular one-shot comic thing, no. Because I wanted something that had the little spine on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nothing was collected back then. So that one is one where he screwed up and the deadline was suddenly... Oh, we need this by next week, and it was one of those forty-eight page books. He needed like forty-eight pages inked in uh-huh. a week, 
it's like uh, so that's a that's a negative thing. But I'm saying like he was a great creative guy. He was just not on top. It, whenever he had a good a good assistant editor, his books were on time. When he didn't, it was just you know some people are like that. How was it to work with him when you did the Batman book, the scripting? I mean, the screenplay was done. Yeah, I mean, he really well, he adapted the Sam Hamm screenplay, which right. then got changed a lot. Um, I had minimal contact with him. I'd see him at parties and stuff, like he was at the burn parties and stuff. And when he had met, he um, he reconnected, like in the I think it was in the later '80s with his high school girlfriend yeah. or something. Yeah. And Mary Fran was Mary Fran. super nice. And she was so, they were really great together, and it was really nice to see, kind of like a second chance thing, because he had problems. Um, but the one joke, not joke, but the one thing, I had no, I was kind of oblivious that he had had drinking problems, and that he had, you know, sobered up or whatever. So when he said, you know, when I turned it, was able to get the Earth, Earth Sealers done under, on deadline. Yeah. He said, "Buddy, what can I get you? What do I owe you? Something? I gotta get you something." You said, "I'll buy you." Give me a, no, I said, "Give me a." No, I'm good at the moment. Cutting you off? Yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm just. He's. Is that his first? Yeah. yeah I'm kidding, saying it. I know, but I'm like, you know, I gotta pace myself. So I said, "I'll give buy me a, you a drink." And he's no, like, "I'm said, out. I'm I said, "How about a nice bottle of scotch?" Uh-huh. And he said, "You got." And I didn't find out until later that was that a bad thing. I didn't know he it was an abolitionist. Thing. No, I was thinking like a little you go. I'm just envisioning him going into a liquor store and then suddenly breaking out in cold sweat. It was all Jerry Ordway's fault. But he, it turned out he sent Jonathan Peterson. Oh, did he? Yeah. But I didn't realize it was an issue because I didn't know him that well. So yeah. I felt awkward about it afterwards. Yeah. And he said, "No, no, no problem." But. He was a good guy. I mean, personally, most of these people, they don't, I don't think they, they don't get a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to praise them when they pass away if no. they're a-holes. No. He was a genuinely nice guy. I met him and I asked him if he would come to my convention in Bridgeport, which he did. And I said, oh, I just got, and I had no idea of the backstory. And I said, oh, I just got Neil Adams. To read or come to the Bridgeport show, he goes, "Don't put me near that guy." I go, wait, because I'm thinking that there's, you know, Appen Costello and Lauren Hardy, Adams and O'Neill, that they're a collaborative team. And he goes, "That guy tried to tell people that addiction could be cured with a punch in the face." And if I had my opportunity, I'd punch Neil in the face. I'm like, wait, what happened now? He's like, did you read the Green Arrow story with Speedy being addicted to heroin? Yeah. He goes, at the end of that story, Oliver Queen just takes Speedy, punches him in the face, and cures his heroin addiction. That's not how it works. Wow. I wish that's how that <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. So this guy we know died, and he wrote comic. comic books. And the artist took over the story, and he said, oh, this is how you cure it. You just punch the kid and... He won't be a heroin addict anymore. I feel like that's how we all feel about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. addicts. Or, yeah. or love, one good, one good punch. Yeah, yeah, you you just slap the shit out of him. Yeah. If only it was that. It doesn't work that way. No, no I guess really? not. No. I haven't put it to the test yet, but I, I don't know. We'd have to uh, have a few trials about. It's kind of yeah. I remember that in the. Uh, <laughs> can, you, can we Catholics. punch out COVID? That'll be a new. That's all it is. Punch like out COVID. COVID. I said that if it was a real thing, you'd just get in a room with a bat for a while. It's like, let me Rock tell you something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Get on a plane and get out of here. Chasing it around the bedroom with a baseball bat running. <laughs> Looking back, all the craziness. Remember Don't Touch Boxes? Because they right. live on a, a Amazon boxes. I'm like, really? Of people like, like selling their box where they bring it inside. Well, they were the people washing for delivery. Like UPS or somebody had those disinfectant things. Oh, yeah, they, they still have the it. Oh. They still have it. If you watch the Amazon, they show like this red light. Yeah. They pass all the boxes oh, so through. UV light. Things. UV light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just opened a brand new uh, Amazon thing at Trumbull yeah. on 25. I saw them put the sign up yesterday when I was driving down the road. You're going to oh, work like there? Oh, like a pickup area? No, no it's, it's going to be a distribution oh, no Right way. on the corner, you know where the town dump is on Trefoil? Yeah. That's where it is. That building that was empty for years is now Amazon. It has a big Amazon. They're, they're everywhere. Cool. They're a huge thing in Stratford. Yeah. I told you there's like a big going to be a facility there. Amazon is just taking over the whole world, man. Well, think of maybe they everybody bought. ordered on Amazon, even the yeah, food during stuff. The thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuck in your house. Yeah. People's packages were taking three weeks just to get there yeah. because of the overflow. Of oh yeah, yeah. The UPS guy was working like nonstop. Yeah. I talked to him. He's like, I've been doing twelve-hour days. I'm like, really? I wonder if they got like COVID pay as well. Really oh no, like, I'm sure they did. Like yeah, extra like, pay. Mm-hmm. The postal well, the, guy the, didn't. Go. No, I thought the, uh, the grocery store guys got yeah, extra pay, right? They did, and they're yeah. trying to rescind it, even though it's. Oh, still are happened. they? Yeah. yeah. No, but it's just one of those things. But going back to Denny, he goes, "Yeah, I would have punched out Neil because Neil made it seem like you could cure addiction with a good punch in the face." And I go, "Okay, make sure." He goes, "Don't put me anywhere near that guy." I go, "Okay, no problem." So they, we did the Bridgeport show. I had Denny come in and do a panel on Charlton Comics. Right. Because he had worked there. Well, there's your Connecticut and that, connection. And, that's the, and that was the Connecticut connection. And then the kid that did the Charlton movie sat in on that panel and didn't realize it wasn't Charlton Comics and heard Denny O'Neill talk, and that started that whole thing. So there well, you and go. And Dick Giordano brought Denny Dick Giordano. from Charlton to D.C. Back in the... Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was right. Well, no, Roy, Roy got him at Marvel. No, no. Roy got him at Marvel, but then Denny Dick, didn't... Didn't work no, out it was only for six months. He got work with Dick at Charlton, wrote, wrote a bunch of stuff. As Ed O'Shaughnessy? Is yeah. that what his name and was? And then he worked at DC as well. And he worked as a DC. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he had a lot of stories about Charlton because it was the panel was made up of him, Frank McLaughlin, and he recently passed away as well. He just passed away too. They're all going, man. And I said when I wrote about it today, we're going to segue into this. Joe Sinnott just passed away today. And, uh, Joe's been in bad health for about a year or two. It's not no lie. I mean, he had multiple strokes, and you know he was in a assisted living type of thing. But uh, still, but he was still working. Up he was until still working like a year ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Which he's ninety-three. I think he was inking. Um, he was inking Ron strip? Friends. Well, he was doing Ron Friends. They were they were teaming up for commissions up until oh, yeah, 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 yeah. last summer, at least. Um, yeah, the thing is about Joe. Is World that, War II veteran, yeah, and he really kind of got into comics after post-war. He did, yeah. Um, but he worked on stuff that you remember, Treasure Chest comics. No. They were the religious comics. Oh, he was one of those things, like well, Mother was, Teresa. No, but that's where that Mother Teresa. I mean, he was a he was a good Catholic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah he was. But yeah. Uh, but the Treasure Chest comics were set up probably during the 50s as oh after a, the whole scandal comics with the comics thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're like safe comics or whatever. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. stories so, of like saints and stuff no they would just be like you know Billy playing you know just, just stories like about kids and vanilla 
you know, like yeah. David and Goliath yeah. type things. Yeah. Um, he also worked, and there was a Dick Giordano connection with Sinet, which I never heard about until Dick told me. What's that? In the 50s, yeah. they did some work together where Joe penciled for Dick to ink. Like, Dick had something where he was supposed to do full art on it. Uh-huh. And uh, he said they did some stuff. I don't know if it was for Treasure Chest or if it was even for uh, another publisher. But he had, uh, I was surprised by that. And Joe worked with Tom Gill on the... Wargo? No. The Charlton? That dinosaur? Tom Gill. Uh, now I'm getting... Maybe I'm getting the name wrong. It was a, the guy who did... Gil Fox? Yeah. It was a guy who did the... Um, I want to say Roy Rogers comic, or... Was it Roy Rogers? It was one of the Western comics. For what, Dell or something? <clears throat> Back in the 50s, there was a big... It could have been Dell or... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was... Wasn't it? I said Joe Gill. That wasn't Joe Gill. It was. Ah, I wish I could remember. That was Joe. Joe worked on that. That was one of his early things. But he worked for Marvel back in the yeah, 50s. Yeah, he worked in the Atlas ones, yeah. And then he did. He penciled and inked Thor after Kirby yes, he did. In, yeah. The, yeah. in the early 60s. Yep. Um, but yeah, he had the treasure chest. Was his regular client. So that's why he didn't jump full into de- into Marvel back during that time. Yeah. He would do whatever he could do extra besides the regular work. Well, no, I know he worked at Charlton for years, too. He did uh, Gorgo, which was their rip-off of Godzilla. It's like Godzilla with this like, weird ear flap. That wasn't Dicko? No, that was that was him. That was Joe. In fact, he even drew me. I have an original Joe Sinnott, uh 11 by 17 of Gorgo. Yeah, yeah. The monster. Yeah. By that's cool. Pencil and drawn by Joe. When I was a teenager. Yeah. Pardon my chewing pizza. That's all right. They can't see it, unlike me. It's horrific. Oh, the humanity. All the pieces flying out oh, of the yeah, flying. COVID. No, but when when I was like, I think I was sixteen, maybe. Yeah. I had was working with a group. It was an unaffil like a loosely grouped bunch of fans called yeah. Interfan yeah, that yeah. was organized by this guy Steve Clement in Rhode Island and Steve's idea was to try to get different fan artists to work together like you would ink somebody or somebody would ink you or you'd letter some, it was all right. like he wanted to here's like what friendship Mar- bread here's what Marvel and DC is like you know instead of just working alone in your room yeah. you can collaborate and get a sense of what it's like working in comics yeah. for the main big companies yes so he had a connection to a couple of professionals back then, and I had drawn a couple of uh, covers that were sub- submitted for the comic buyer's guide that they didn't use. Yeah, I had later had a couple that they used, but one was a Green Lantern fighting Sinestro. Right, and that drawing, he 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 copied the full size thing. He sent a copy to to Joe Sinnott. Yeah, he sent a copy to Jim Shooter, who had just come back. To, I guess was just got back in the comic industry. And both guys mid seventies. We're talking. No, no. Well, yeah, this would have been seventy five, six, seventy summer of seventy six, maybe seventy seven. And Joe Sinnott and both and Jim Shooter both did critiques. Yeah. So Sinnott did this nice thing. I still have it. It's oh really? He put a a piece of tracing paper over my drawing and he corrected the drawing to make it more dynamic Uh and show me tips and then wrote a nice, you know, and this perfectly beautiful handwriting. Yeah, yeah. uh, A nice critique. And, uh, and then it was like, I think Steve Clement must have sent it back to him. Yeah. Because, like, hey, you're not hard enough. So then there was, like, oh, no a little paragraph underneath where it was a little bit more specific. Yeah, pointy about knees, critique. by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those pointy elbows and kneecaps. God, they'll kill you. 
but uh, the thing but, Roy Thomas but didn't see this. Jim Shooters was much more critical. Of course, yeah. But it was fine. I mean, right. those are crushing. It's constructive criticism. They're crushing when you're yeah a kid I and you're in a bubble. I can't draw hands. Well, because you're you're in a bubble. You're drawing out of your house, right? Yeah, but you had the uh, gumption to stick with it, as yeah. opposed to well, you me who ran away. Well, see, <laughs> cried. Here's the thing about me. Yeah. Don't ever. It, it's like I guess. Don't tell you no. Harrison Ford with the you know don't ever tell me what I can't do or don't ever. What is the line from? Uh, Star Wars or something? Don't ever. I know Star Wars. No. He doesn't say that. And it was Indiana Jones. Like, don't tell me what he I can't. Doesn't or... say that in that movie either. Okay. You think you got the wrong picture, pal? I could picture Harrison Ford saying it, but anyways. So get off my plane. <laughs> yeah, right. That was it. No, don't tell me that. what. Don't tell me what I can't do. Right. So if somebody does that, it makes it does make me push. Right. And that was exactly what I did. So I, I have that. Hard. I have that. Uh, Hot water. Sure. Yeah. Don't tell I'll me what I can't do. About time. I'm sorry, what's that? It's that, uh, that rebellious Catholic side. If people tell us we can't do something, then we go and do it because we're like, screw you, I'll do what I want. Absolutely. Even if I don't want to do it, it's really fucked up. My wife does it all the time. I'm like, you shouldn't go cut that lawn. Screw you, I'll go cut that lawn. <laughs> You're like, oh, I showed her. Yeah. <laughs> it's reverse psychology. You know, it's too dry out. If you cut the grass, it'll just oh, kill no, it. Oh, no, it's, no, I'm it's going really out. bad. No, I've been watering the grass at night. At night, like when the sun goes down. Well, your down. dog waters the grass, too, doesn't No, no, no. Either here nor there. So, we're talking about constructive criticism. So no, like, like you said, there's two ways to look at it. Somebody can tell you something that you can learn from and go, oh, that's, I didn't realize that's how to do it, so now I know. Or you can say, screw you, I'll be persistent. Or you can just give up and crawl in a ball and cry like right. I did, because I'm a big wussy boy. Well, but see, but like, like Shooter had, had, was much more critical. But again, you, you just have to... You have to work through it because yeah. if you if you feel like they're wrong, then you want to prove yourself more. No, but that's it, how Ryan came from. It it's was like, the way well, I think you do it. I think he's wrong it's because he's way. saying. Well, no, it was, it no, was, but this is written. I'm just saying I've worked with people that that's scream why I wouldn't at you. want to go to. I told you about not wanting to meet Chaken because or oh yeah, because he yelled you're afraid about. that yeah, you're yeah. afraid of getting the really bad. There's critique. a difference when someone writes you a letter because you don't know. You know, it's black and white. You're you're reading it in your head. There's another thing when they're in front of you and the right. finger's in your face. That's a Harrison Ford move with the right. finger in your face. And they're telling you, you suck, you suck, you suck. That, I mean, that's a whole different mindset. If you could recover from somebody going like this in your face, a letter, I could go, hey, you know what? It's one person's opinion. Consider the like source, a, my mom would say. Right, but a letter is a lot like the internet in that you can't read into it. Or you try to read into it, but it's just words. There's I think no the internet's much harder. No, but you know what I mean? Like, if someone could say, yeah. I don't like you, right? and maybe they're joking, or maybe they're, you know... Maybe a little emoji, a little wink, If someone wink. said yeah. it to you, they right. might have, like, a, I yeah. don't like you. Yeah. And then, you know, Wait, smile. you can tell by the affliction. Yeah. In a letter... Inflection, not affliction. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> they got a palsy. Are we back to infections? No, wait a second. No. But yes, anyway, so, I understand. So, Joe's so Joe really was helpful to you, and you took it to heart. Yeah, and you learned from it. Yeah, and, and the shooter one going. was too. Too, it was helpful too. It's just that, like I said, both of them are penetrating my little protective bubble because right. when you're a teenager, How old are you were sixteen. I was sixteen. Yeah, but again, most of your critique was either, "Oh, that's really great," coming from family, 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's not critical. Right. So you're getting like a positive. Correct. Always positive, positive, and then you know yeah, somebody, somebody mom, else pokes my that. My mom thinks everything I, I do bubble. is the greatest thing ever. Right. It used to drive me nuts. Like, mom, what is? I need a critique on this. I think it's wonderful. I don't know where you get it from. Maybe your uncle Fido. He was very talented. He was from Italy, you know. He had I, he had weirdly proportioned hands and feet as well. <laughs> well, they would call him Beast Boy, but not to his face. He died alone. He was often referred to as the missing link in the Halleck family. <laughs> no, but we loved so him, though. So you're clearly drawing him. Yeah, we, we, we loved him, though, like a family pet. <laughs> we would feed him a bloody pork chop every other week. <laughs> oh, Vito. Ooh, here's your pork chop. No, go draw things, you idiot beast. <laughs> Suddenly. Look at a normal person when you draw something, would you please? Why can't we bring you out in daylight? Somebody's laughing. We have our own laugh tracker on the show now. It's like a magic episode. Well, when they go into this OR, don't put the laugh track on. It's not funny. <laughs> I just pulled 30 pounds of shrapnel out of this guy's ass. Oh, radar. You, you, you little, see? Welcome to the all comic episode. We're talking about Joe Sinnott passing away, and we have laugh tracks going on. No, he was a very nice man. What it, and you know what? I got to tell you, don't feel bad when it comes to inking. But when Joe Sinnott took over the Fantastic Four and ink burned, yeah. then it was the Fantastic Four. It really was. It's like because he did it from '65 yeah, no, to he had, 1980. It was the look? That he had the look. Yeah. I mean, when Rich Buckler did it, they said, "Oh, put Sinnott on the right. ink." Because it just had that continuity. You just said, right, he's consistent. It with just the way he drew like John Romita with the thing the was consistent. Nobody yeah. drew or ink the things rocks no, better than no, him. No, he had a certain side, and then same thing like Romita is to Spider Man as Joe Sinnott is to like the thing. There's just a certain, just the way. As soon as I look at a book, I, oh, Joe Sinnott did that. When we did Wildstar, yes, Al Gordon and I did Wildstar for Image back in '92 or '3 or whatever. Right. When we collected the to, as a trade, yes, we bought. We wanted to seek out people to do pinups, and one that I basically was, I got Zach to do one. Yeah, uh, and then I got both Joe Sinnott, yes, and Kurt Swan. Nice. I thought it would be fun because I always thought they'd be a good team. Oh, they never worked together. Well, at that point, they had. Oh, okay. Then after the, they did a pinup for Wildstar, uh, of Wildstar for this book. Yep. And you know, both of them, I. Because it was a good, good, good payday on the image books at the time. So they both, I gave them both their biggest pay. Really? <laughs> Jerry Ardway, philanthropist. No, I think that was fair. But back in the day, that's in the what, early 90s, image was throwing but money I'm saying, out of like, water. That's what, that's what it should be. I mean, if you're making hand over fist money, right. you should <laughs> spread the wealth. Yeah. yeah, that's how I felt. I think but so. But anyway, so, so Joe, I got... You know, Jerry Ardway um, will be giving out paychecks if you write into the pandemic comic. Buy Jerry a beer. Yeah. Right. Donate GoFundMe. How about go drink with me? <laughs> but it, but so, 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 I'll draw you a Superman on a cocktail so nap. Kurt, Kurt brought the actually brought the uh, pencils over to my house. Nice. Because he didn't want to put them in, in Norwalk. He was in yeah he was in a Norwalk area. Yeah. And um, and then I mailed them off to Senate. Yeah. And. Uh, Got a really cool result, and Carlin wound up getting Joe and uh, Kurt to do some covers for Superboy at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, the one that was based on the TV show. They did a comic. Oh, 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 oh! I don't remember that. It didn't last long, did it? 
It probably lasted, I want to say it lasted more than, it definitely lasted more than 12 issues. Oh, really? There yeah. was a Superboy. I think Carrie Bates show? wrote it, as I recall. And it was based on the, the it was based show? on the TV show that we're filming in, in Did they Florida. have likenesses, too? No. They weren't allowed to like Oh, so it was just basically But it was based on their universe. And stuff. In their universe. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, I doubt it's ever collected. There's obviously there's a, rights issues. There's right? a lot of stuff that just doesn't yeah. exist out there now. I'm yeah. like, oh, is that why that didn't happen? Yeah, it's probably. But it was a cool. It was a cool team up. No, yeah. we thought they'd be a good. Uh, a but did good you ever get a chance to sit down and talk with Joe? Yeah, he was I used always, to call him once in a while. Yeah, I mean when I was first very in friendly, comics, never, never in a bad mood that I ever yeah. met, saw him. Well, we used, I used to t- ask him questions about technique stuff, like brushes yeah. and things like that. It was just you know it's art talk. But you don't get that from looking no, but at the he, art. He was a craftsman. He knew his job. It's yeah. like, you know, don't use to, this. The one thing that made, amazed me, and again, yeah. it's, a, it's all about brush control. He had that really perfect, precise brush control. He would do, the, the big thing was, it was a Joe Sinnott radiating lines. Yes. Because Joe really was. thicker. Other people would do them, and they'd be kind of quickly. Streaks. But they, like they were explosion. Good. Yeah. They were good, but they weren't as precise. Joe would have these precise, thick oh, yeah. to thin lines. Yeah, he had said, "Oh, I use a brush with those." Yeah, you know, and it's like, "Holy cow!" That's Is control. Joe the one that originated the Kirby crack? I think he might have done that. Maybe no, Kirby no, just kind of did it. But Kirby Joe did, did it did before, though. and Wally Wood interpreted it. I remember that was from Wally the fifties. Wally Wood Inc. the the what was the name of the Challenges Sky the Masters or whatever that yeah. the newspaper strip. Okay, and and there was a lot of. Kirby, Kirby Crackle in Really? That. Yeah. Oh, I thought that started in the FS. No. It's like a way of, I mean, Kirby interpreting explosions and interpreting water. Right. All of that comes from, and I'm being my, my own, I'm making a leap here, but it all comes from Roy Crane. Who's Roy, Roy Crane? Crane did Buzz Sawyer. Comic strip. He did wash tubs in the like 1930s through the 40 early 40s, and then he did what, Buzz what Sawyer. What is Buzz Sawyer? What is that like an adventure? It was, strip? A, it was an adventure strip, but he used that do a sh- do a shade. Yeah, board. I know do a shade. Um, but anyways, Roy Crane was a master at water. Right. Like he, I look at this stuff whenever I have to draw water just to refresh because he basically turned he he, he turned it into not quite as an abstract as Kirby did, but he turned it into. A way to do it using almost like the Kirby dots, really shapes to, to imply to water mo- motion. Yeah, and the foam and things yeah. like that oh, really? because you're working in black and white. What's his name again? Roy Crane. Roy Crane. He's a famous. Probably I don't know, but he never did. Com- I don't know comic strips. I don't. Yeah. I'm more He's a comic master. Books. But anyway, so he did he ever do comic books? No. no. Well, they reprinted some of his stuff. Yeah, but that's not the same. He was the master at that, and Kirby picked up on that. A lot of people picked up on it and turned it into a little more of an abstract. Right, right, right. But Wally Wood, because he was a big fan of Roy Crane, when Wood and Kirby, he was able to turn it back to more of what, and give it a little more control, uh-huh. rather than just random circles, and, and used it for a lot of water effects with the, you know, because they were like spacemen or whatever. They were, they were, yeah, 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 yeah. They capsule lands in the water, and there's the splashdown, and there's yeah, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the smoke, the yeah, exhaust, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that that, that was kind of cool. And oh, Sinnott did that with, with Kirby, too. He gave it a little more doing? of a... I don't know, what Daddy happened? Daddy, in the oranges? Oh. Uh, that's the only that's thing so that's going to save her from scurvy. Yeah. Yeah, your old wounds will open up. I know. That always grossed me out. Scurvy, they oh. said, like, scabs would reopen. You know, that's scurvy. It was in pirate ships hundreds of years ago. Good thing I finished eating. Exactly. 
for those people listening to this over their dinner, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm eating scurvy orange. talk. If I get sick from this, vitamin C. Yeah, it's the only thing that'll help you. I'm really wondering how many people touched it. Oh, you stop. You know, let me be. I remember I was at the grocery store and I dropped a tomato on the ground during the COVID pandemic. And I didn't know what to do with it because it laying on the ground. So I just looked around for garbage and threw it away. I was telling my wife, she goes, where did tomatoes grow? I go, near the ground. She goes, you're going to tell me you don't think that thing was like touched and handled about 30 times since you touched it? She goes, why didn't you just take it home and wash it off? I go, I don't know. It was bruised. I ruined it. Anyway. So, so Joe, that was Joe's Joe sitting. Was a nice guy. Yes, yes he, he was, was a very nice genuinely guy. genuinely friendly dude. Yes, he was. I was every thinking time about I, that. Every time I saw him at shows, he was always talking, you know. Well, he came to... He oh, came yeah, by, came to Terrificon. Yeah, was there. two years ago. Yeah, in 2018. And Which is when Byrne was going to come nice, down because Byrne wanted to have dinner with yeah, him that night. I got a couple of nice pictures because they came to my table, which yeah, was yeah. nice. Usually, you don't you get that. Get the hell out of here. We got a whole... Oh, well, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We get something extra special. It's our welcome back. Well, now you have to have yes. another beer. No, I should. But anyway, so yes, Joe was very nice. He came down. We did a salute to Roy Thomas, and Joe came down from Socrates, New York. He wasn't in the best health, best health then, but he showed up for the day, yeah. and he did some autographs for people. And uh, I talked to him. Don McGregor came in. We were backstage, and McGregor talked to him for a while. He still, Everybody Joe still had a pretty good handshake. Oh, he though. did. Yeah, yeah, he still did. got the pretty firm handshake. Yeah, and this was... He was 91 then. So, you know. And he just, like I said, he had some bad health issues last year. He was a big baseball fan. Loved baseball. We gave him an autograph, Willie Baseball. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he he was all excited. He he used to coach the Little League. Oh, did? I didn't know that. You should ask Mark sometime. I remember reading that he was, that was like, you know, even with all the deadlines, you still try to carve out some normal space. Well, I read about Joe's life that he had a brother that died in World War II. And in the, in the army, and Joe signed up, and his mom begged him not to join the army so because he went, the Navy. he went to the Navy. Yeah. So Joe fought in the Pacific, yeah. and went in in '43 and got out in '46. Because every time I saw Joe, he always had a hat that said yeah, yeah. CBs on it, and yeah. he always had like yeah. a Navy thing. Yeah. He was a big patriotic guy, which is cool. But I'm thinking now that Joe's gone, I mean. I think the Marvel bullpen is really... Who's you left? still have Selfie You have Steranko, Roy, you still have Tom Neil Palmer. Adams, Tom Palmer. You still have, I mean, who else from the 70s? But the last year or so, we lost. Yeah. Mary Severin went yeah. away. And a lot of it. Yeah, I know. But you don't want to be morbid, but you go, geez no. Louise, it's a lot of guys well, going, you know. you know. Denny was 80. Yeah. You know? No, I mean that's the thing. Like I, I think about the Marty Pasco passed away the last couple of months. But yeah. the the age, like with Denny being eighty, yeah. Like Roy is what seventy nine. Yeah. I mean, it's that's those are the guys who still were at the end of the golden age. Yeah. So they were born post forty two. Right. Say Roy was or Denny was probably forty two, and he probably or forty. Well, he just died eighty. 80 he was so yeah, forty. Yeah. So those are guys that were reading comics probably in 1950. Yeah. You know, like Roy, his thing was uh, all-star comics. And yeah. Well, he told the story about the book burnings. He was around then. His mom took him to town where they would bring comics to yeah. burn him. And Roy was throwing the books in there, but he was also reaching into the fire to get some books that he hadn't read yet that weren't burned yet. So he wanted to take them home and read them. So. But that era, that era I mean, of Marvel, too, it's like those guys had all... The, Probably come in like John Romita 
yeah. in your they came in in the maybe late 40s early 50s right and and synod obviously like same thing post world war ii yeah um but then you know how old is tom palmer gotta be up there knocking on 80 right I don't know. I, 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 it's always a hard read. Well, no, Tom was doing. He uh, got into comics. He's he's more of a fifties guy. Yeah, but I remember but him thinking got stuff. Got into stuff in the sixties. Yeah, sixties. But I think you know. But again, was, I always thought of him as being kind of. Say he was thirty. With, that was fifty years ago. The same. How old is Neil? Seventy-eight. Oh, okay, so maybe they're all in that same range, or he could be younger. Yeah. But that old, that era was you know. That's well, Walt Marvel, just turned 70. Yeah, that's you know. true. That's the Marvel age. And I think Zek, too. Didn't Zek get up there? Zek's up there. Uh, Burns up there. It's kind of frightening. You're the young one, actually. <laughs> he never thought of that. Marv is knocking on 72, right? Is he? George is 67. Yeah, I guess never think of that. I yeah. never think of the... We never see people getting older. My mom said... God's greatest gift to you is you never see yourself getting old. You look in the mirror and go, I look just the same as I did when I'm nah. 30, 25. Nah. No, you know, you, you, no way. You look in the mirror and go, ah. Dorian Gray. <laughs> Dorian Gray. <laughs> Crazy. It just, time, time rolls on. It does roll That's on. what I was saying, though, we're getting back to this quarantine and all this stuff, yeah. is that it does feel like a lost, I mean, it's definitely from March, but it, we started hearing about it in February. Right. Stuff is not the same. It's really like a weird. You're like it. We're like in a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, it's it's you know? one long Twilight Zone. It's an extended Twilight Zone. You feel like you're in the Twilight Zone. Do I? Yeah. That's all I've been it's saying to this, people. Yeah. I'm not even joking. That's the exact reference I use. This I'm is like, really it. You keep waiting to wake up. It's like, when does this episode end? And, and it doesn't. And that's the scariest part. <laughs> it definitely feels like a some kind of a. Like we're on that What's that show, the Black aliens, Mirror or something? Yeah. The aliens put us on that planet that's, uh, you know, where everybody's I don't know what it, it seems like, a, it first sounds like a bad snowstorm. You know, like when a snowstorm's coming, there's like everybody goes to their milk and bread, and you get you buckle down, you know it's going to be here, but then it's over. It hit, remember when it first hit, it's like, oh, this is right, it, and everyone started dying right back. away, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, but now we're going to get past, and now it's like, well, is this the... The melting part of it now? You don't know. Like but you I mean, said, it, it doesn't... When a hurricane hits, yeah. it hits somewhere else. It doesn't hit the entire country or yeah, the it, entire world at the same time. Yeah. That's the That's what it feels like, yeah. In, in a hurricane or anything, any disaster, there's still other places where things are normal that can send you supplies. Or yeah. They can send, yeah. But you're no, the whole worldwide world. crisis. Yeah. I got a guy in Australia today who said they might stop travel from Australia out Till July, and I said, "You mean this July?" Because no, next year. I go, "What? No, I gotta get better clarification. That would be yeah. insane. Imagine being trapped in your country. Well, Europe doesn't want Americans, and I'm like, right. well, fair, fair. We said that to them. Like, you can't come here. And they're like, guess what? You can't come here now. So. Well, the, the tri-state area, is yeah, now yeah. asking for a quarantine. But how are you gonna enforce that? Well, they they can't. They, but people yeah. will probably tell on people too. No, when I drove to Maryland, when I drove to Maryland to get my son's stuff last month, there were signs over the highway that said, attention, Connecticut, Vermont, uh, Connecticut, New York, it says, no, you must go into 14 day quarantine if you come here. And I was like, how are you going to know where I came from? That's what they've been doing in Florida. Your license plate? Yeah, but I stayed at my aunt's house. What's your aunt's name? I mean, are they going to come knock on my door? Is it going to be like the Russians? Well, so I had a few friends go to Florida. Right. And people who were coming from Connecticut to Florida, they told them if you know you 
You had to quarantine for 14. And they like checked your license. They saw where you're from. Yeah, they were like, you can leave to go get basic necessities, but no going out, no doing anything like that. And who told you that? The hotel? One of my one of my friends who went to Florida. He's no, but I'm saying who enforced it though? The hotel, and that's it. The hotel did, but I'm saying what we're saying is. But they can't do anything. It's like like the mask thing. It's like I was at the store Tuesday, and. I had to go back because the bo- they have a bottle of the bottle returns, which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god, it feels like t- things are back get to normal. Nickel yeah. Yeah. I have bottles yeah. in my car. So, anyways, I had to go back to the service desk, and I'm waiting, and there's a lady buying lottery tickets, yeah. and then a guy who no had been waiting on the yeah. side, and I'm like staring, I'm going, God, come on, hurry up, hurry yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's not wearing a mask. He doesn't have a mask with him. Yeah. And there's a sign that the you know it's all that's what. The bond of civilization is that we look out after each other. If you have some medical condition, but though, they say you, the you don't have to do it. Whatever that means. Together is that you look out for everybody because we're well, now think, heard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't just go, you know, hey, if that guy's not paying, playing by the rules, he should be kicked out of the, kicked off the island. Or but something, nobody wants know? to be the dick that does it. Well, the stores are. Stores are. They don't want to have. Who, they, nobody's got security. No, they want. In the old days, there could be like, oh, there's a security guard at the store. Yeah. If you're a cashier, are, are you going to volunteer to no. go fight somebody no. or have somebody maybe? Kick I know a guy that works at the mall. He says if they see someone shoplifting, they're not supposed to stop them. I go, what are you talking about? Know, he says you're supposed to let them go out and maybe call mall security. I go, I can walk in your store and shoplift, and you're not going to say anything. He goes, no. I go. What the hell, man? He goes, I get paid hourly. It's not worth my money to stop you. And then they have a certain amount of... Yeah, they have a certain amount of allowance for theft, which is insane to me, too. I'm like, wait... You're going to say 10% of so your the products the most egregious stolen? ones are the ones that are getting getting caught. Somebody oh. who's got the turkey stuff down their pants. Or the, well, that happens. You know what I'm saying? That's you didn't have to bring that up, Jerry. I mean, <laughs> that is dinner for the kids today. <laughs> and but it was very cool on a hot day. Very cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing like having a butterball between your legs when it's 90 degrees out. That am- could go so wrong, that joke. But I was amused, though. We were joking about... What? I watched that documentary on the making of the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh yes, and the, there's a, that's where Val Kilmer was throwing lit cigarettes at the crew. No, they like, said, yeah, "Get away was, from me." He he was like a problem right from the get go. Yes, he was. Thinking, wow, what an a hole. Yeah, but, but you know what though? He mellowed with age because there was a Trifecon guest last year. But here's the thing: very nice one, man. They said when when Brando showed up, and then they showed his like the white paint, like he was yeah. all painted white. And yeah. He had like a, a weird hat and everything. Yeah. yeah. And. They also said that they're, they're, well, at some point while the thing was filming, Brando then said, I want, I want uh, some kind of hat that you could put ice in on my head. Really? And they're like, what? And so they tried to accommodate him. They said they cut the top out of, the bottom out of a garbage can, right? What? And then they put another little container inside of it so that he could have this thing on his head. And then they wrapped it with fabric so it looked like a hat. And then there's a scene where, like, the one girl brings, it, brings ice and puts ice into it while he's talking. She puts ice into this cone shape hat that he's got. You know, it's crazy, but it was, I want that. I mean, it was filmed. No, but our filmed. AC's not working at the house right now, so I'm going to go home and tell Sharon tonight. You need the I'm ice gonna bucket I'm going to put that cone, yeah. It was just funny. It's again, that they movie, worked it into it. You didn't know about it. I heard about that movie years no, ago. I did too, it and was what, cursed. It was like, it was out of control. Nobody was doing anything. What's funny about it is. Mini Me's in that movie too. But I was going to say, what's funny about it is without that, you wouldn't have had Mini Me in the Austin Powers because it's clearly inspired by it. And South Park, 
South Park. No, I didn't have, know that part of it. South Park wouldn't have had those because South Park had a running gag with the guy who was like the Brando and the little monkey guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used that for what? Probably still using that. Yeah. But uh, they said that when the, the, this in that documentary was funny. Again, if you're an actor, yeah, the, the script was written with like a dog guy who is the you know Doctor Moreau's yes, kind of experiment. Yeah. And then when Brando got on set. And he saw the little, it was like a, uh, I guess a Spanish dude who was like the world's smallest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, I like that guy. And then he basically, the other guy lost his part. Yeah. The other guy's like, I, I've been here for like six months. And yeah, yeah. I read the script. And but Brenda likes that He guy. wants that guy. So that guy became the, yeah. the companion. Yeah. And he wound up getting maybe one scene out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, imagine how it feels. He said, I'm a trained actor. And... I got beat out by for this part by this 18 to 18 inch tall guy. I, I worked at a company once. I'm not going to say <laughs> the name of the company, but the owner he owned a mushroom farm in Long Island. That's where he made his fortune. Okay. He was one of the richest men in the world. I'm not kidding you. He was uh, involved in a certain beverage soft drink company that makes millions of dollars, billions of dollars, and we were one of his so many. We, no, we were one of his many companies. Snapple? No, he owned a lot. It sounds like a joke, but it's uh, he had a lot of companies. He had an office on Fifth Avenue. We'd go down there just because he had it. So we were one of his little pet projects. He ends up getting rid of the CEO and hires his friend to be the CEO. And his friend's background was he was a male nurse. Okay, he had no knowledge of right. corporations or software or anything. But he put him in charge, and you're just like. What? And it's like, and the guy was like, I think we should do this today. And we're like, well, why? I don't know. It sounds fun. And we'd be like, well, that has nothing to do with software. I don't know anything about software, but I can put a bandage on you. But that's what reminds me of that. Sometimes you get in situations where you're like, the people that are running the show should happen. not be there. Yeah, it's like, this should not happen. happen. But no, it happened. No. It happened. So I could see a movie set with money being thrown around and... Well, All that craziness. A, but nobody was happy with the way this was happening. It's just oh, that, that movie. Did you ever watch the movie? No, I did. I did it's years a ago. horrible movie. Well, the, the thing that's funny, though, is that this guy who put the thing together, yeah. he was he had spent maybe two years on the movie developing right. this character oh, yeah. sketches, working with storyboard yeah, yeah, yeah. guys, all this stuff. It was all stuff. out the window. And... And yeah, he, he got he got the movie greenlit based on doing other low budget. Yeah. And then there was new line that said, "Well, what if we can get this guy?" Yeah. The first guy they got was Bruce Willis. Oh, he was going to kill Bruce Willis kill was going to play. No, he wasn't going to be Moreau. He was going to be the doc, the guy who shipwrecks on the island. Val Kilmer. Right. Yeah. So at, they're getting ready to film, and he said, "The guy said once they got him, then it was like, oh, we could get some, I, I, you know, we could get Brando." And he's like, well, what am I supposed to say? I'm yeah. the director, yeah, you're but I'm not the turn producer. Down Marlon Brando. Yeah. And he said, it's so suddenly a big movie, whereas he was looking to do a small movie. Right. Once Brando is signed, well, Bruce Willis drops out because he's getting divorced and he can't leave the country because he's got the kids. Oh, I he's in a custody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's why he was. So on. he can't do it. And then they're like, oh, you know, somebody met Val Kilmer after the Batman movie, and they said Val Kilmer is now a big star. He could be your. Yeah. And he's like, if I don't say yes, the movie could just fall apart. Right. So, so that's how Kilmer into got involved. It, so yeah. I say yes, even though I didn't get a good vibe from it. Yeah. And then he said, like, within a couple of weeks of that, Kilmer yeah. goes, I don't want to. I don't want to film more than twenty days. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is the main part. Yeah. So they switched him to the 
lab assistant to Dr. Moreau, which is a smaller part, and then they had to find another guy to play the guy who shipwrecked, right. and they got Rob Morrow from Northern, Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure? Oh, really? So in the first couple days of the filming, again, things can go wrong with you, right? Brando can't show up because his daughter had just committed suicide. Side, yeah. So he's on a wait thing. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. he's not going to show up for a month, but yeah, we'll yeah, film yeah. all the shipwreck stuff. Right. So they're filming the stuff. Hurricane hits. Oh, wow. Wipes out all the sets that they built. Yeah. That's not in this guy's control. No. And the Australian um, producers, oh, okay. the people who the New Line put them together with, because they decided they're filming in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Those people chose the location, even though the location was in a uh, like a high rain zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They built the sets on a plateau that would get flooded by yeah, water. Yeah, Like they were setting up no control recipe for disaster. But then he got booted because his first three days of filming were a disaster, they said. Yeah. Because there was chaos. Right. And again, it's like, imagine, I, I feel for the director, whether it was great, the guy's a little nutty or not, every creative person has a little nuttiness. That's oh, what yeah. makes you... Yeah. But you feel for somebody who basically shepherds a project... With the intent. Yeah, gets the ball all the way to the goal line and right. then he can't cross and then the goal line. other things line. that yeah. he has no control of. Right. Hiring name actors yeah, 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 and the yeah, budget yeah. going up to yeah, yeah, suddenly. Yeah, yeah. It's out of its control. Like another one who passed away this week, Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Joel Schumacher, he'll t- he was apologizing for Batman and Robin for years because the studios took over the show, the right. toy companies took over the right. show, the fast food companies they took over. Wanted they wanted more Mar- No, they were trying to sell toys and stuff and he's like, what are you going to do? You're you're in charge of the nut house, right. and they're bringing in like here's the Batmobile, get right. it in the scene. Here's Doctor F- or Mister Freeze's right. ice mobile, right. get it in the scene. We right. got to sell toys, and he goes. It was like one big commercial, and he yeah. lost all control of it. Well, and Kilmer only did one Batman. Too. Kilmer, but it started in that one. Yeah, because as to much to Joel Schumacher's talent, he was not a guy that set his foot down. Yeah, yeah. And one of the quotes he always said years ago, I remember him. He's like, "Don't confuse kindness with weakness." That's a Joel Schumacher quote. Yeah. But I think they did because yeah. they were pushing him around yeah. left and right. And he was there. He was a costume designer. Yeah, no, I, and he I, worked his way up to be a director. Yep. But I don't think he was ever one to rock the boat because he yeah. knew it could end tomorrow. Yeah. But that, and he, and he, that, he lost control of that project yeah. right there. No, I mean, and he, that's why Batman and Robin sucks. I'm sure that's why Tim Burton bailed as well. Oh, yeah, he started losing it during Batman Returns right. when the movie, they were saying, oh, we got to get the McDonald's toys in right. there. And he's like, did you see the movie I'm making? Right, it's right. not for little kids. And right. they were like, we don't care. You got to sell right. the Batman right. stuff, you know. I just I remember like really liking the Lost Boys. I thought that was really that was a good, good one. And then Liners, Flatliners. I thought that was good. And, uh, and then after that, I didn't he see Saint Elmo's Fire. I he, saw that. It was yeah. good. It was in that. It was the Rat anti. Pack. Yeah. But it was it was different than the falling the John down. Hughes. Michael Douglas. That's a great movie. Well, he also did the couple of adaptations of John Grisham when he, Grisham was first. Oh on yeah, the did scene. the client and a time to kill. Yeah. He did the phone booth, which phone booth was, was good. Uh, he did Colin. Farrell. He did a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, it's just that you know, he gets labeled with those two crappy Batman movies. It's well, and bat nipples, you know, and bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, but it was it was clearly the studio pushing. You know, it was like that. That was the the thing. Even when they did the first Batman, yeah. I mean, Tim Burton clearly had a sensibility like the 1960s show yeah but he added the dark layer yeah, to it right. but it's still he he filmed he used those kind of kilt, tilted, tilted angles, angles yeah when he showed the joker yeah. you know nicholson is definitely uh, they call him danish angle or something whatever a name but they for were him. they were yeah. you know nicholson was definitely vibing on uh, Cesar Cesar Romero Romero and yeah. stuff 
<clears throat> but it was still effective. I think the second movie's decent. It's just got too many characters in it. Yeah, yeah. You could drop the entire subplot Back of the mayor. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff could have been dropped. But, uh, but yeah, the... the I, there's I know who kills Batman forever? Jim Carrey. Well, That's who kills Batman, because it... What happens Tommy is... Tommy Lee is not good either. Well, no, it's I, like think, I both, think Tommy Lee was trying to get up to the level of Carrie. Yeah, they were both trying to... And they were trying to outdo each other, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, it wasn't... Kilmer's doing one movie, yeah. and those two jerks are doing another yeah. movie, and meanwhile, you got Chris O'Donnell shows up. The Robin there's, stuff was decent. I know, but it's like, there's just too much going on. Yeah. Too much going on. No, I'm sad. You don't want another beer? No. Go you? for a third one? Do you, are we going to hold you up here? I mean, that's why I was yeah, like... Yeah, I'm in the weeds. Can't you tell? I, I can't... No, I was just like saying to Michael, I don't want them to say, oh, you know, we got to get customers in, but there's nobody here. Do one more I'll round. do one more. Okay. Yes, the same thing I had. Do all day? And you want to do another blue moon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got it. So, uh, see, I'm being conscientious. I mean, you can't just sit here No, I know, but I'm like, I don't want to hold up yeah, to the stampede, which there's nobody here. After this, I'm going grocery shopping. Excellent. Sharon where you're out, I don't know yet. But between here and home, there's like four groceries. I'm going to go to Whole Foods if I can, just because I haven't... Over there? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But anyway, so it's interesting that we've come around to Joel Schumacher, too, so that's interesting. No, it's been a long week. It's like started with Danny O'Neill, Joe Schumacher, Michael Keaton. We talked about that. He didn't die. He was just doing... (laughs) He didn't die. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Today's not over yet. Look, I've seen some of his movies... Actually, Keaton, i got to give it, has always done a good job. Good, I've yeah. never had a bad Michael Keaton. Clean and Sober. Yeah, that's good. The Dream Team. Remember, Remember that, that movie? The one where the, the take, it's kind of like a light version of the founder over the cuckoo's nest. The Dream Team. The Wasn't Dream that Team, the one yeah. Where they, yeah take, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, yeah, yeah. yeah, mental patients yeah. to get out there. I but, think uh, that's the one. Was that the one that came out before Batman? That came out before Batman. There was one that came out in like Clean and Sober is the big one that everyone was like, oh, he's a serious actor. But I was trying to remember if that was the one that came out in December before Batman. It did. It came out before Batman, which is based on Clint Howard's story. Oh, is it? Ron Howard made it because his brother had some trouble with uh, substances and such. That's funny. And then, of course, Michael Keaton's favorite role to me, I think his name is, is this Cliff? What's the guy's name in Night Shift? Oh, yeah, I don't remember the character. This is, I remember well, he Henry stole, Winkler. He stole the movie. He stole the movie Winkler, and Shelley yeah, yeah. Long. But uh, I'm going to say, I thought it was Cliff, because all I remember is Winkler, he had that tape recorder, and, he, and, we, and Keaton would come up with ideas all day, oh, like, right. feed mayonnaise to tuna fish, that way when you cut them up, they already have the mayonnaise in them, and he goes, it's another million idea, million dollar idea. So uh, Henry Winkler takes his tape recorder and goes, this is, I'm going to say Cliff, telling Mike, to shut up, <laughs> and he just plays it again and again and again and again. But no, Keaton. I thought the founder was a great movie. He's yeah. talking about things that lose out of control. That's the guy who builds the McDonald's yeah. because he takes it from those right. craft brothers. Is that their name? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. he's the one that hustled and went yeah. out there yeah. and made it the billion dollar company yeah. that it is. And then he got the two guys that started the hamburger stand yeah. saying, "Well, he robbed us." They go, "No offense, guys. You weren't the most aggressive people in the world. You were happy to sit right. out in Modesto or whatever it was right. with your one hamburger stand." And this guy gave up his life, right. pounding the pavement, right. and then he figured out how to sell the property right. instead of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. He was a good businessman. That's all. And well, he made he, did you ever see that one where he Ray Kroc? That's the name of the guy. Yeah. Did you ever see the one where Keaton? It was. Um, I'm trying to name, think of the name of the book that it was based on, but it was like. Uh, 
Oh, uh, when he's the, 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 the CIA, CIA guy? guy. Mitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because his name was Mitch. Yeah. That's all I know. Oh. I don't, the professional? No, it wasn't a little radical. No, no, it's not that, but it was one of those one-word names. It was like a series of books, yeah. too. Um, Vince something wrote the books, but they didn't make any more. They made one. No, it was actually pretty good, but it's it's kind of like it runs counter. Some of those movies. Do you know he played the same character in two movies? Well, he was in that uh, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, and, and he, he was also in Bad Cop. One good cop? No, the one with uh, George Clooney was this adaptation of the same. Uh, yeah, but wasn't it called One Good Cop or something like that? He plays this that corrupt was, cop, right? In, but it was like both Clooney books. and Jennifer. Lopez, Jennifer Lopez. No, that's Peacemaker. No, no, no. That was wasn't it? Clooney that was, was in a movie. Or oh, that's Nicole Kidman. No, it was it was. I can't remember the name of it though. But yeah, yeah, it was the same character. They yeah, played like the the FBI guy or the. He's he's good though. I I like. I still think about him on Letterman when they did that Saturday Night Special. Letterman did the special. NBC gave him uh, a budget. Yeah, and. Letterman commissioned three or four comedians <clears throat> to make short films. And oh. it was a, for a special, like when Saturday Night Live was on break. Right, right, right. <clears throat> NBC ran it. I don't know if it's ever been running. I was going to say, I don't on, know what you're talking about. But Keaton's film was really funny because it was kind of semi-autobiographical, but it was like him, and he was worried about like what happens when his fame goes <clears throat> and he can't get a job. Yeah. Is this before Batman? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It was around the time of Beetle Night Juice Shift or whatever that. Because yeah. he was a good guest on Letterman. Oh, he was always on Letterman. <clears throat> but yeah. he did this thing where he was working as a. He was hauling fish heads, and it was Clint Howard was like, you know, like oh yeah, crazy. I, I think I do remember that. <laughs> but it was like that was just it was like you go from being a movie star to suddenly having to fish have heads. to haul fish heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the most funny. I always thought of wondering. I guess I should look on YouTube. If yeah, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Everything's he directed on YouTube. It. it was like his little mini mini movie, and there was I think Elaine Boozler might have done one. He had like four. I she was always on the Letterman. But show. I think he had three or four of those regulars that he liked. Yeah, and then they commissioned like a. I think I do remember Clint Howard doing something about fishes. It was just that Clint Howard was the the guy who was already doing the job and he just had that kind of like crazy look at it. Like, he always has that crazy look. He's <laughs> a, I actually talked to him on Facebook, Clint Howard. It was oh, yeah. his birthday the other day. It's weird to get like a, a joke about I watched I, I joke something kid. and he, he was on he was Star on that, Trek. No, he was on that show with the Grizzly Gentle Ben. Band. Gentle, Gentle Ben. Yeah. It's the curse of being the I kid. should bring him to the show. Oh, did have you watched What? I just because my son Tommy really liked the rest of development. Yeah, and he yeah. was like telling me like That's way back on Christmas time. He goes, "Oh, they Netflix Netflix dropped another season." And I'm like, "Really? They, I didn't see any promo for it." Yeah. So, like, week ago, two weeks ago, I just said, "Oh, there it is." So yeah, I started yeah. watching it, and it's it's actually pretty funny. It's not. It's, there's no reason for there to be a fifth season, but oh, they just it's did there. It, yeah. But it was there was. You know some that's not always stuff. Ron Howard's voice, you know. Well, there was a lot of stuff with Ron Howard in the last two. No, seasons. what I'm saying with the narration, yeah. it's not Ron Howard. But the, so Ron Howard and his family become a big crucial point, plot point. Oh, the, he was on the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and the, 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 the last two season four and season five. Oh, all right. His whole setup and Imagine everything is part of it. Because there's like a gift shop in in the Imagine offices, uh-huh. and someone buys like a Ron Howard, like a bald cap wig, and then yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Brian Grazer spiky, oh, spiky hair, hair wig, yeah. and that actually plays into season five in the weirdest way you can uh, imagine. Right. But 
but there's like a, a a funny subplot about Ron Howard. And at one point, they're in his house. Yeah. And the the Michael you know character walks in to his room, and there's Rance Howard, his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting yeah. before like the like forty eight monitors, watching oh. like everything kind of like Batman. Wasn't he? <laughs> and it was like oh, you know. He, he likes to keep track of everything. Was his dad a cowboy or something? His dad was an actor. He was in a ton of stuff. In the Ron 60s. Howard's dad? Yeah, Rance. What, Rance Howard. Like, what was he in? Like a TV he show? He was like the guy who would play the sheriff or he'd play the, the, the guy who ran oh, the I grocery store or whatever. He's, when you see him, you go, oh, I know that Oh, because he looks like the son? No, but he was a distinctive guy that you remember Because I got that problem with Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh. She's cute sometimes, but yeah. then I go, her dad's Opie, yeah. or, or Richie, and then sometimes she kind of looks like the dad, and they go, ooh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> she, she just directed an episode of The uh, the Mandalorian, and they have this like mini-series on Disney+, Plus where they show the making of that. It's actually really good. They'll have John Fox. They show how they built the sets. It's all digital. It's all one big screen. It's a big you know screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then they still go into it. But they build yeah. like they'll build like a little. You know how Lucas just did the green screen, yeah. and people had problems with it because they couldn't envision what they're doing. What, what Favreau did is he built this massive right. domed, like an IMAX right. theater. So it runs, and it's a digital projector. So when they're on the set of a planet, it's there. Right. So the actors can actually see what the hell they're going to they look used at. Used on, on uh, Interstellar. Oh, that was an interstellar too. Yeah, that's how he avoided doing digital effects for the space stuff. Oh no, kidding! They had the the, the mock. It's like a ship. seamless screen, yeah. so that when they're looking, they have like a Stars. 380 yeah, or yeah, 180 yeah. maybe of the yeah whatever background yeah. projected yeah with like a back. Well, projection. no, Ron Howard actually used that in that solo movie because they showed it. Like when they're flying the Millennium Falcon, right. the star feels outside the right. window, and it's like so you see. But Nolan used it on Interstellar oh, before that. that, yeah. Oh, it was really was, well done. He though. was big on doing the stuff in camera. Yeah. So that was his. his no, thing. and then uh, what's his name's on the show? Uh, Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers, and he's like, as they're you know now you can see what the characters reacting yeah. to because they're going down some tunnel with you know lava, and you can see the lava on the ground. It's right. like it helps a lot. I know you're supposed to imagine it, right? But it's different when it's there. Like, oh, that's what they're looking at. Right. That's the monster. I told you that there was on, on Twitter yesterday or the last couple of days. What's that? It was a side-by-side demo of basically a little path that the actress walks on. A very convoluted path For. which mapped into this digital background. Oh, you said that. They could that she walks in and out yeah. of things where like there's a doorway and it blocks her and she comes through it. Yeah. It was the most, it's almost like a matte, a digital matte painting. Yeah, yeah. But... The element is weird because she starts out, she goes down some steps, all of it blue. She comes up around this way, and then she stands in front. There's a guy standing yeah, on yeah, a yeah. platform. As if she's going through things. And yeah. she's looking up at him, and then he hands her like a sandwich or something, yeah, yeah. and she comes back. And then when they, you see the digital part of it, there's like this whole barrier and a glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just kind of I cool. when we Before this whole nonsense with the COVID stuff started, when Owen and I were down in Disney World, we went to this place, and then my friend... Laird Malmed that comes to the show over here. He was one of the people that invented. Are you still recording? Yeah. Oh. He's one of the people that invented Oculus. You right. know, Oculus, the headset. Right, the headset, yeah. the three VR stuff. Yeah. So there's this place in Disney World. It's off the park grounds. It's this VR simulator, right. Oculus simulator thing. And you can do like SpongeBob or you could do Star Wars. So we did the Star Wars one. And you put this helmet on and you've got like this vest on. And you've got gloves on. So it's an all-immersive type right. of thing. And they bring you into this room that's 
it's when the so lights are on. Yeah, when the lights are on, it's just this big gray area, nothing there, but there's seats and stuff. But in the video, when you put the headset on, suddenly you're in the Star Wars world and you're on a ship right. and you sit down and you pick up the gun and you walk. And when you get hit with the guns, you got like little pressure points on the vest so you feel like you're getting hit huh. and, there, and there's heat like you'll walk a door and there's lava and right. you get hit in the face with a heat it must look stupid when you're watching right. and people right. wearing this but when you're in that thing oh my god it's bizarre like you go look around a door and it's in front of you like you put your hand out and you can hold right. on to the door frame right. and it's like wow this is amazing to me and it's just starting now you realize that they got to yeah. keep tinkering with this stuff yeah. it's going to get so well, I just immediately when you said Sitting down, I'm thinking like, no, I remember. Your, you sit down and, and you fall like, down. No, I remember we. Oh, the lady sat down, and I put my hand down first to make sure there was an actual chair, and right. it was. You sat down, and you're riding right the spaceship off to the like lane somebody, you know, like somebody cleaning the night before, and just moves the chair, yeah, yeah, and just like yeah, a yeah, foot yeah, to yeah, the yeah, side. Yeah. What? No, no, but it's that technology is so good. I don't yeah. know the. I mean, what? What does it say about me? I don't care about it. Any of that stuff. Really? I don't care about video games. I don't care if I don't you care about like video them. games. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't really need an interactive experience. I'd rather watch somebody else. It's it's one of those things. That's you, just you me. Do it, no, you do it once. No, I was I, I was so amazed by that. I yeah. walked out of there going, "Wow, that was really something." Because I go on rides with the kids, and a ride's a ride. I mean, it's a roller coaster. But see, I, you can only dress it up so many if times. If I never went on another roller coaster in my life, I would be totally fine. They're, they get to be the same after you know I mean? a while. It just yeah. I don't need that thrill. Yeah. That's what it is. It's basically it's, it's the same thing. Scaring somebody in a haunted house. Or we something did the too. Star Wars ride at Disney World called Ride of the Resistance. They spent millions, hundreds of millions on this thing. It's the sets. You go into a hangar bay. It's like floor to ceiling, right. 100 feet high with ships going. It's amazing to see. But at the end of the day, you're just sitting in a car, right. going around the thing right. and whipping around. It's no different than that. The one that would be at the backyard carnival. Right. Down the street. Well, I remember in the, I forget if it was at Universal in Florida that had the Back to the Future. Yeah, they had, and then it became the Simpsons ride. Yeah, they still so have that. that. We when went we on. went in 1990. Yeah, um, it was it 91? It was there. It was there. Yeah, because I was in Disney World when the Gulf War when started. We on, yeah, yeah, that was the same week. Oh, you were at Disney. Yeah, was, that's funny. I told you we've been this. Okay, we you were, were there and I was there and the Gulf War started. You guys we were, were there, doing Superboy. Yeah, we were on the and Superboy I was just there. We walked around for, Universal uh, and then we walked around. Uh, yeah, it was did January. Universal have the. Was it the King Kong thing? Yeah, they had the King Kong where you go on and you shook the whole car. Yeah, yeah the big robot. Or no, was that, was that the big ride was the Back to the Future because that would just yeah. open. Yeah, they had E.T. as yeah. well. Yeah, and we did the E.T. and Brett Breeding filmed it. That's yeah. hilarious. It's, on it's my still there. Where you had to give the name yeah, before. Welcome and, and he said, So he goes, you know, Brett, Jerry, Bebo. <laughs> And he's got that on videotape. No, no, it's still. There. But the Back to the Future was really cool because it had that. It definitely felt like you know you were yeah, in the, moving, yeah. the flying Back to the Future too. You were in the flying car. Yeah, you were chasing Biff. Yep. Yeah. But I, now it's now it's crusty. Now you're in small uh, small ball. You're in Springfield, and Krusty's become a giant, and he stole uh, this. And then you go through the whole. I was trying to think of what they. But they, they made a whole Springfield. Town. Didn't they do a? They also did a Flintstones thing, didn't they? I don't remember the, Flintstones. There was definitely a Flintstones thing. It, might, it wasn't an interactive thing, but it was a Flintstones. The only Flintstones thing I ever saw was out in Flagstaff, Arizona, 
No, we were on the way to the Grand Canyon. Universal had the fast stones. They had the car because we got pictures of Carlin. They might have. Had we the all car. jumped into the car, yeah. and then Carlin was laying like he got run over by the Flintstones yeah. car. No, but I don't, I don't remember a ride. No, it wasn't a ride. Then though, there's the thing. I have a ton of great pictures. One picture of Carlin where he with the jaws. Remember the, yeah, the, the jaws shark? Were, yeah, yeah, that's still and there. And you pose yeah, next to it. Yeah. Well, Mike took his his arm out of his jacket, <laughs> yeah. and he had Terry Cunningham give a pin and he yeah. pinned up his sleeve as if he'd lost his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he posed next to the shark. Yeah, yeah. This is stuff that he would always do. <laughs> Sorry, I think... Uh, you know, you were, so we were there. We had gotten there, I think, was... I don't remember if the thing was on Sunday. When was the, the, the Gulf War started? On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Yeah. So we got there on Sunday night. Right. And then when the Gulf War stuff happened on Tuesday, we went to the airport. Yeah, it was because when they started the security check. They wouldn't let you go up to the gate. Well, we had to change our flight or something. Yeah. It wasn't, I think it was, we, I don't remember if we had to stay an extra day or if we had to come back earlier. Mm. We had to change the flight for some reason. Specific because of... They are worried about terrorism. I remember that because we yeah. were talking about driving home from uh, Florida because we, no, we didn't want to go on an airplane. I'm wondering if we just had to redo our reservation because of that. Like maybe there was some different... I was down there for I think we did Disney it, World. We went at like 11 o'clock at night to yeah. the airport when it's empty. Yeah. And we they somehow, Terry Cunningham, we went through, we took all our tickets and they redid something. But I'm not sure, if, I don't remember if we rescheduled or if they just redid the tickets like so that they could get our info. I don't know. So that we wouldn't have to do it. I remember it was, uh, I went down there with Sharon for Disney World. And then I had to go to Miami for a convention. So she had to fly back, but that's when they stopped letting you go up to the gate. Because you could yeah. walk. Yeah. Imagine how weird that is. Well, you could walk all the way. Yeah, we could. you could walk all the way to the boarding thing. And that's when they stopped doing that. They said, no, you have to stay here. And then, she, because there were security checks. But, uh, and then I drove from Orlando to Miami. And did the convention down there for a week, and then I flew home. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, when, when we were in Florida, it was actually that thing about January we packed a lot of stuff in, but DC would set up stuff. So while we were in Florida, we did the Superboy show. Yeah. We met everybody in the office, met all the actors that were there. Um, but we we did a we had a dinner. DC set wait up a was dinner. what's her name there? Stacy Hayden. Yeah. And you said, hey, you don't you remember me? I want to South Sure, Cruise. she remembered me. Oh, she did. Yeah. Once you go Ordway, you never go back. That's right. That's right. But no, so we, we had a dinner on one of the nights, and we met Jim Mooney, who was living in Florida. The artist Jim Mooney? Yeah. Oh, John Spider-Man. Because yeah. he was in, in uh, uh, not Orlando, not even Orlando, or something right near Orlando. So Beatty, his girlfriend, Jim Mooney and his wife, Michael Golden. Really? Um and, and then Dick and Pat flew in for a couple of days, too. So we had a nice and a big wow. DC dinner during that time. It's a lot of people. Well, because we were doing our Superman meeting. That was the meeting where we planned, as I recall, it was still Bob McLeod was still on the books. And we planned through the, uh, the wedding. Or at least we led up to the wedding. And then... This is after the death of Superman. Before. Oh, it was before. Yeah, this is when we had this... Yeah, so it's 91. So I'm trying to remember if that was the place where we had to then come back the next day and redo because we weren't allowed to do the wedding. So I was we going to say, they hadn't started Lowe's and Clark yet. That started in 92. 
Well, we had talked to the producers. Yeah. Because they had different. Oh, but they already had ideas that they. Yeah, were it was. Do it, it was. Yeah. It had been in the works for a couple of years. Right. You saw that's coming out, right? We haven't talked about that. The, Superman and Lois. Oh. The show yeah, with yeah. that uh, the guy from uh, yeah, yeah. Supergirl. And isn't Brandon Routh on it too? That's a separate show. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're doing this multiverse Superman thing. I thought that was part of the same show for some reason. No, I heard it was going to be six episodes. I, half a season of that one, and then another half. I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't know if that's out there. But another half season of the Brandon Ralph Superman. Kong, Superman. It was the one that he did on Crisis. Yeah. Okay, I think they're telling us we have to go now. <laughs> anyway, I think this is long enough. This one's a long one. You got an hour and 20 minutes. Thank God for the Yeah, exactly. So you, let's do a recap. Danny O'Neill, Joe, Joe Sinnott, touched on Joe Schumacher, Michael talked about Keaton. Michael Keaton, and talked about being in Disney World, and Sarah, the singing waitress, popped Corona. in into there, Corona. Right. And, uh, Special coronavirus appearances. That's a, pol- that's a full-packed episode. For free entertainment, Yes. you don't have to pay for anything. This yep. is not like Netflix. You have to buy it. And this. hey, if anybody's going to a comic store, ask the comic store about Aftershock's SOS which is some save our four, shops. Yeah. It's for comic stories. I did a three-page story of That's my right. childhood uh, experiences of early comic store stuff. Forget that. I'm in. I have a cameo in the background. That's worth <laughs> the price. Did you read my book. story though? I did read your story about you and your aunt going to get those books and such. Everybody's got something similar. Like I know. That. No, not mine. Well, then the, the funny thing is though, those my were, first comic story. None of like those that. things were like that welcoming. If an adult saw you in a place like that, they would be like, "Ooh," because they weren't like regular stores. No, 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 I mean, no. My no, place, no, no. Wait. the good old days, had the guy who owned the good old days, Dale. Yeah, Dale, I read about. It. He was a little a bit of a drink. Yeah, Dale would break out like booze. You know, it was usually, I think it was, I want to say like a, was it Ripple. No, no, but it was like a Johnny Walker or, yeah. a, you know, some kind of Wild whiskey turkey. or something yeah. like that, and he would start pouring shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't offering it to us as kids. Right. He was just pouring shots for right. himself, and he would get half in the bag. Yeah. And I didn't realize initially was that people would wait for that, and then they would take his, their and books he would, up, uh, yeah, and he would kid. go, you know, Action comedy says bucks. 10 cents. Go right. ahead. So the other guy would try to keep him from giving away this, the, the... Which just stuff. makes sense. Yeah. So he would always, like, jump in and say, oh, no. And then he always would look up the guy, the price guide. Right. He would look up the prices, and he would give you a guide price. Right. No, so your, your no. goal was to try to get him cheap because you didn't have money. I got <laughs> my books at, like, Liggett's, which was a pharmacy chain. I don't know if that was nationwide. But, I mean, you didn't was have, that? No, no. like, a used bookstore no, Somewhere well, I get to that. Oh, okay. I had 7-Elevens, and then we would just get them at, like, pharmacies. Yeah. And then the first comic book store... When did uh, Frank Miller start doing Spectacular Spider-Man? Issue 28? It would have been around early 80s, right? 83? No, no, no. It had to be in the 70s. Yeah, I don't remember. Because the first comic book store I ever went to was a used bookstore. I don't remember Miller before eighty. Well, no, he did some Spider-Man. Yeah. So this was on Chapel Street, right around the corner from where Zach lived. Okay. Zach lived in an apartment, yeah. and I would go there, and I would get my books. It was called The Paperback Trader, oh, okay. and that's what it was. It was yeah. a used bookstore, so you'd bring your novels, right. your books, you'd sell them, you'd get credit, you'd go buy some more. And he had a sack of comic books. 
So that's the first ever comic book store I ever right. went to. And the guy that owned his name was Fred. And he had a cigar that he never liked, but he chewed on it. Right. It was all full of spit. And he was just a big, nasty guy. And he sat behind the counter. And upstairs from them... Someone must have loved him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who. Upstairs from him was... What was that thing that was called? Est? It was an S. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right. I'm okay, you're okay yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing. That was up the staircase. It was oh, a little funny. tiny. It's still there, this house. So he was downstairs, and upstairs was this, Est was this, like, what would you call it? Like an Ayn Rand type of thing, the power of it's you. It's a precursor to Dianetics. Yes. It's, it's yeah. basically like reviewing your inner self, inner self reflections. And, and trying and to strengthen your emotional responses yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Use your Yoda. Yeah. So that was upstairs from the, So people would come down there from that little whatever yeah. they would do up there. And they would just walk around the bookstore and they'd come up to you and like, do you know the power of you? I'm like, no, I'm a kid. I'm just reading a book. And I brought my friend Al to it because my uh, here's how it would happen. My mom picked me up from school. I was still in grammar school. And she brought me these books, but they were like books that weren't supposed to be out yet because I was used to getting them at the pharmacy, like, you know, show right. up whenever they got there. And I'm like, where did you get these? These are like not supposed to be out for you. And why are they in these plastic bags? And she's like, there's a place called the paperback trailer. We must go to this place. So I would come back to school with all the newest issues. My friends are like, how did you get that book? It's not out for weeks now. And I'm like, there's a place in New Haven. And it was only like across town, like four right. miles, but right. it could have been on the moon because we didn't have cars and people rode bikes. You could take a bus. So anyway, I would come in. And so I brought my friend Al, so he started doing it. Then he, he, he did the worst thing he could do. He stole from the place, and I brought him in there. So what happened was the guy had books everywhere. So he would take the comic books, and he would put them in the hallway so the guy couldn't see them. So he'd buy his books, and then he'd go in the hallway, and he would take a stack of books, and he'd run out the door with them. So that's how we, and what happened is I'm in there not knowing this is happening. I'm in there buying books because I love this place. And, uh, and he looks around the corner, he sees my friend Al stealing it, he grabs the books, he throws the kid, he looks at me, he goes, you get out of here, if you ever come in here again, uh, I'll kick your ass. And now I'm devastated because I right. just lost my, my, right, my right. source, my, right. my junkie connection. And I go, Al, what did you do? He's like, oh, stealing those books. I go, no, no, what did, no. He was taking the price tags off uh, the books and putting them over the other ones. Like if it was a $5 book, he put a dollar on it, he's switching yeah, yeah. tags. And I'm like, what did you do? They ruined it. That was my place. So I didn't know what to do. And I couldn't tell my mom right. because she wouldn't let, she would let me have Al anymore. So I remember going in there and she's like, oh, do you want to go to the paperback trader? I'm in the car like, oh, I don't know what to do. And she's like, come on, go get your new books. You haven't been there in weeks. I go, oh, I don't know. So I walk in and the guy's looking at me and I'm with my mom. He doesn't say a you word. You had your fake mustache on. I had my fake mustache on. <laughs> so then there was another one I heard called the Space Traveler's Trading Post, which was in Derby, Connecticut. Oh, yeah, that was... Was Dave, Armstrong. Dave Armstrong, yeah. yeah. And people are like, you got to go to that guy's shop. And you go there, and now that was a real comic book store. You went down to the basement of somebody's house, and it had posters and right. black light right. posters and everything. Bill Deuce, no, oh, Bill Deuce, yeah. it did, definitely. <laughs> and they were just talking about the great flood of 1957 <laughs> when they flooded the valley. Remember when Charlton got flooded out? And it was like, because, I mean, in 78, right. 20 years ago, right. it doesn't seem like a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you could talk about the day the yeah. flood hit. <laughs> and uh, everybody that w- was in that shop would all work at the Charlton Comic Book Company. So they all had stories. Remember the time when Denny O'Neill or somebody was there? And Mike Hammer was there? But there was a guy that lived in Derby, Connecticut, that wrote more comic books than Stan Lee. Yeah, that was, wasn't that Joe Gill? That was Joe Gill. There you go. Really? No. No. 
the Jokio was the yeah. guy. He wrote he, Mickey Spillane worked there. Yeah. Well, when you were see, when, because we're you know about ten years ages, apart. Yeah. The uh, when but I that was, was a, a kid, comic book store. There weren't comic stores. There were just secondhand stores that right. you bought back issues. And right. Have, nothing was organized. They were just people Random. would bring in comics yeah. and they'd buy them for five cents or something. I'm thinking my house could have been a comic book shop. No, I look at my books. I go, this would have been the comic book store. Yeah. You'd go in my basement and. Well, we had a Don't place, open that closet where the dead bodies are. downtown in Milwaukee. Yeah. Because it was a newsstand. It had a similar situation. The newsstand, outdoor newsstand, right. had all the Marvels. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And when it rained, they had a tarp. A tarp, yeah. So Some if the they knew you, yeah. they'd let you go under the tarp and pick your books. Right. Um, and one time, a friend of mine was with me. Yeah. And he was under the tarp, and he was shoving comics under, under his shirt. shirt. Yeah, see? And this guy caught him. And uh, but he didn't. At least he didn't ban me. Yeah, yeah. But I was. I felt really guilty. Yeah, because he came yeah. with me. But there was a place down the street that had old comics. It was a bookstore, and they had stuff that was just semi-organized, and all the books had stickers on the back yeah. for how much they yeah. cost. Yeah. They were all in bags at that point. Yep. And you would go through multiple boxes looking for the same book with different prices because it happened because different people would price them. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the same guy all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So you'd go through, and it was worth going through the entire Because you might find a cheaper price. Looking for an issue of Avengers number 20. Right, right, right. And you'd find one that said $3 and one that said $5. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you'd go, wow, that one's actually in better shape. And you'd, you know. Yeah. Um, so I do was, that with Pat's store. Yeah. I'll go there and find some of the same issues, and they have different prices, and I go, I'm just reading it, so I get yeah, the yeah. cheaper one. Well, sometimes, again, if they're not organized, you can find stuff in the dollar bin that is in the other bin with the higher price tag. A Because they don't keep track of it. A pastor? Yeah, that used to be the case. Like, you go through the dollar bin that. and I go, know that. wow, these are all dollar? And, like, over here, the same book, because it, the dollar You know what he has a great a deal? Source. I love when he bundles those books for 10 bucks. They don't do that, though. They Matt used to, but you would take thing. a whole series for $10. Yeah, no, you know what he idea. does a lot of? He goes, like, uh, $5 grab bags. Yeah. And you get, like, 20 books right. for 5 bucks. It's like, why not? I don't well, care. Well, Matt doesn't do that, though, is he? Some, is I think Jay's doing that are still. I think somebody still? is, because they are filling those up. I haven't there. seen anybody get older. I do. My new thing is to complete that. everybody is... Not everybody from pre-shutdown, I've not seen everybody back. No, I haven't you know, either. There's a couple of guys I used to see all the time at like 5 o'clock. Oh, really? And they would come home. They would come there after work. So maybe they're coming I see the weekend. 11, I see the 11 working. to 12 o'clock crowd. Yeah. That's David and a yeah. bunch of others. Because they work up the street and they come on their lunch hour. I just, I don't know what, did you send me something about comic sales being down? Yeah, 60%. See, I don't know. I mean, people... Some people have money, some people don't. You know? They don't. It's, I mean, a, it's a hard in, world. We're right in now. an environment where. It's an uncertain world. Right? I mean, we're. Maybe it's dangerous, maybe it's not, but we're promoting this place because we like this place. What is it dangerous? Well, it's dangerous because it's a random thing. Someone could come in infected and basically spoil the whole. Somebody could come in and with a gun and kill everybody. You can't go like that. Right? I think we're good, though. Right. As as right. No, seriously. I mean, you but can't think that way. Well, yeah. Th- that's the way life is. I told you, I, years ago, I mean, you know, my dad would tell me, he's like, you could die tomorrow, so don't still worry or Would you go it. into a crowd? Yeah. I was thinking about that, because you know the 
the Trumbull Theater has Superman playing. <laughs> oh, so does it? Raiders of the Lost Ark was there for a dollar. Well, they're doing, right, they're doing the... They don't uh, have new movies, so they're showing old movies. Right. They Jurassic had, Park I was number one at the box office the other day. because it was. they also like, have? They had, um, they, their whole lineup for the month was really pretty amazing. But I'm Superman, the movie, but they had Batman. 89? I don't know. They had, yeah, if it's Batman. That came out 20, or... Uh, 31 years they ago. They had those listed yesterday. I saw them a couple of weeks ago when they said they're, re- or whenever they reopened that date, they had a whole schedule. Yeah. Stuff was playing one different movie yeah, every day yeah, or something. Yeah. And I was like, wow, would you take a chance? And it's only two bucks. Yeah. And you have to buy your ticket online. Yeah. But you I buy it away. I, I heard all kind of prices. I think it's five bucks. You buy it on the, the their site and you don't have to pay a fee. Right. Which is fair. It's just them being able to block out seats so yeah, that if you buy the seat, they open the ones up on either side. Yeah. I mean, I guess I feel like I would like to do it, but I don't want to be dangerous, you know? That's uh-huh. like, would you ever go to the water and the beach, the sharks in the water? I go, yeah, I go in. Yeah, I, don't, I never go in the water. Oh, I do. So. I'm not a big beach person. Yeah, I, go I always think about, like, when you... When I, when I was a kid, we would jump into any body of water. Yeah, that's how you get polio. You just anyway. jump in. But I'm saying, like, I still remember, again, during the Superman era, I was off the books. It was in the 90s when I was doing Shazam. Yeah. And I remember hearing Carl Kiesel had been swimming. And what happened? Freshwater Lake. He was swimming, and he got one of those bacteria. Oh, in no. His eye. It's like a, I don't know if it was the amoeba yeah, thing yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it if he hadn't had it, he just noticed his vision suddenly get blurry. He went to the eye doctor, and he actually had the the Worm. things in his eye oh that were God, destroying that's his nasty. So he had to take some kind of really whatever eye yeah, drops yeah. or something to kill it. Otherwise, he could have lost his vision. And I was like, and then I'm reading. You'd read more about. Oh, that you read about the amoebas eat your brain and shit. Right. right. Well, it's the same thing. It's a the like, yeah. when people are using the neti pots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. You know, cleaning their sinuses, and it would find a way up into your brain. And Jesus God! So that's the stuff. It's like when you're a kid, you don't think about it. Then you're as an adult, you go, okay, well, what are the odds? Well, you don't know what the odds are now because the world is warmer than it was. Right. What was the other one? There was a um, there's a new flesh-eating um, bacteria. In, no, there's a new invasive. Uh, right. What was it? It was a was it a frog? Frog? frog oh, there's like a Chinese. Oh, no, the little no, the the fish. Stuff. They're like little lobsters. Like yeah, crabs. Yeah, crabs. Yeah, my uncle called and me about that. they said they're, yeah. they're in fresh Through the water. water. Yeah, I heard they're, they're They can tonic. walk up to like half yeah. a mile yeah. on land to get to a... Remember the snakehead fish? Remember those things too? Right. So, I mean, it's the world has changed. So Nature can't just take the, it for granted. Remember the Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> they, they tried to kill you well, too. When we were a kid, they had tons yeah, yeah, of them yeah, yeah. Remember the giant megalodon, the sharks? You understand that everything's trying to kill you? You know that giant burning thing you. in the sky called the sun? Odds are if you get close to it, you're dead. But you remember the Quetzalcoatl? They used to yeah, come yeah, fly exactly. by and you snatch kids off this about playground. <laughs> you sit here in Colony Pizza and drink beer and watch a year-old hockey game and call it a day. Oh, did you watch Star Stargirl? Uh, hold on. And and that's uh, you gotta wrap this up. Yeah, wrap up. Nobody nobody wants to hear this. If you're listening to this and you've reached the one hour and thirty five minute, I'm gonna put a quiz right now. If you can answer this question, I know you actually listen to the very end. What's a good question? Give me a Superman trivia. Oh, I thought you're gonna. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Superman trivia. I want somebody to post the answer so I know somebody actually listened to all this whole thing. Get, what's a good trivia that no one will know? 
who played Mr. Mixus Pitalik on Superboy? Who played Mr. Mixel-Pitalik on Superboy? If you have the answer, I want you to post it on the Twitter feed or the Facebook. And I know you actually sat through 130... I'm not going to give him anything. (laughs) I'll I'll send you a Terrificon pin that was supposed to be at the show this year. There you go. One hour, 36 minutes. Have a good day. This has been a production of Big Fedora Marketing, LLC. The folks that bring you the terrific Comic-Con, GamerCon, and so much more. Thanks for listening.